United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Also, I have some big news. Yeah, let's hear it. Before we get into it, we've got a few pieces of news, honestly. Um, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I wanted to delete last week's episode because the echo was so bad and annoying to me. I reached out to a dear friend. I was like, hey, can you listen to this? Because he's like, you know, into audio. Mm-hmm. And tell me what the fuck is going on. And he was like, oh. Your volume's too loud. And I was like, excuse me? Pardon me? Hello, sir? And he was like, yeah. The, your volume and your, you, you, Noel, your headset is so fucking loud because you're so fucking deaf that it is picking up, your microphone is picking up the audio of Chelsea that you're hearing in your headphones because they are so loud. And I was <laughs> like, oh. So it's me. And he was like, yep, it's for sure you. Um, maybe connect your AirPods in, put those in to your ears and that Bluetooth, and then put your headphones on top of that, lower the volume on those, so then you're still using your mic. And I was like, you know what? No, I won't do any of that. I'll just lower the volume, and if it doesn't work, I'll blame you. So here we are. I'm struggling to hear. I am intently listening. Everything is off. My air conditioner is off. Everything is off in my fucking house so I can try to listen to you as hard as I can. And thank you, Noelle. And I'm Chelsea, uh, the person who took a ding on her credit score by researching whether or not she could afford a new iMac because she thought this entire time the audio issues were her fault. And I thank Um, you. Yeah, I told you not to buy a new computer. I told you not to buy a new computer. I also... With peace and love, I have the top of the line MacBook right now. It did not come out of my pocket. Shout out to my job. Shout out to our job. Mm-hmm. I have the top of the fucking line MacBook right now, and I want to take this thing and just chuck it. I want to just yeet. I want to fuck it. I want to throw this thing off a freeway, and I want to watch several cars hit it. I fucking hate this piece of shit. Yeah, this piece it's... of fucking shit. I can't. I'm I'm fucking I'm one monitor down right now. I'm on Wi-Fi hoping to fucking god it works cuz like I have to manually type in my fucking IP address and DHC what the fuck ever. I I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm so over it. I can't believe it. I'm suffering. Nothing's connecting. I just what the fuck am I supposed to, I want to throw this out the window. Man, it's the only thing that would bring me joy right now. What if, what if, the new MacBook that you got has Siri instructions that are fucking flawless, and they tell you what to do step by step, but you're too fucking deaf to hear it? What if it's been (laughs) screaming at you all day, telling you, like, for God's sakes, this is your DNS? I looked it up, dude. I looked it up. Do you think I didn't? 
Did you think I did not look no, up? You did. What? Actually, I, I perused the article that you sent me and just the amount of acronyms offended me. Like, I felt like <laughs> I was being interviewed by some underground society. Yeah. I was very that's much, a Direct yeah. from Apple, too. Direct from Apple Help Center article. And I was like, this is it. This is it for me, huh? Yeah. Like, it's that's like, it. choose this. If your ISP uses boot P, click advance, click DNS, add button below DNS server, enter the IP of your ISP's DNS server, and then change your IP settings to use DHCP. I was like, oh, what? And I was like, what did you call me? Yeah. What the fuck did you call me? Uh-huh. And this is why uh-huh. I see those Geek Squad cars around, and I'm like, there's no way anyone is using those guys. And then to that I say, I will use those guys. I'm going to yeah. beg. We all work from home. I'm going to beg my IT guy to, to come and fix my shit. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm losing my actual mind. It is gone. Also, just one more thing before we get into anything. Man. I had a bit of a rough experience today. Oh? What, what was what, what was happening? Tell, tell Mother Dust here. Um... So I would like to say, and I think you would agree to an extent, not a lot of things make me embarrassed. You know, yeah. when you're when you're a clown 24-7, what embarrasses you? Nothing. Sure. Right? I would say very yeah. rarely, if ever, do I get embarrassed. And today, the universe said, bitch bet. I saw some footage of myself. Mm-hmm taken years ago at a show um and it was the most absolutely cringe shit i've ever seen in my life and this show was filmed on like a literal like home camcorder vhs and i was like there's no way it's capturing me in in 4k maybe it did every single oh. pixel that fucking camera had what? where was the set I'm not saying because I don't want anyone to find it because it's on YouTube for the world to see. I have no control over it. I have already tried to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the show that it was at, one of the bands, keeps getting more and more popular. And I'm like, I'm gonna end my life. I'm telling you right now, this is it. This is my 13th, 14th, and 15th reason why. I'm, Tell me. Tell me. I'll yeah. go to YouTube right now. Tell me. No. Don't be no. weird. Just text it to me. No, I don't trust you. I don't trust Why? you. My only, my only hope, and this is the thing, man, this is the fucking thing. You're like, Ugh, I don't look anything like that anymore. But my tattoos are very identifiable. And um, it is just, it shook me to my core, man. It shook me. I haven't, um, I haven't, I haven't felt that way in a while. Like what way? Like so, just embarrassment? Just pure yeah. Like if it gets released, like if people whose opinions I respect see it, I'll like really be fucked up about. It. Well, everyone, you know what to do. <laughs> Fucking find this video. No, no. Yeah. I'll literally. I I was. I no joke, dude. Not even joking, you. Through my phone. You can't I, talk about it and then not reveal what it is. I would consider showing you if I got to, like, edit it so you couldn't tell where it was. Who it, Like, I'll get it. I'll get a clip of it. I'll crop it down. 
basically that I'll ter- take the fucking sound off so you don't know what band it is, and maybe I'll send it to you. But like, okay, I'll show psycho. you. I'll show you on my phone so I know it can't be duplicated. Man, okay. that shit that humbled me. That humbled me more than seeing my side profile. That fucking humbled me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I have. I was. Sh- I was. Oh, I was a gasp. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was today was a rough day. I was beat down by the internet on honestly every front. Every front of the internet curb stomped the fuck out of me today. And I'm trying just, to like Were they just roasting you in the video? No, thank God. Mm. Um there's a, a good point our friend Alex makes because she saw it she was there at the show actually and she goes, "Everyone looks stupid doing what you're doing." And I go, "Okay." Was that supposed to make me feel better? Wait, our friend Alex? Like, sweetest yeah. friend Alex? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a cult leader show. Um, uh, But she goes, everyone who's doing what you're doing, because there are multiple people doing what I was doing, everyone looks stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. So we all looked up. All of us. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, there's a video where I make a very brief pop-up in, uh, like, a a band-made music video. But I yeah. look good, bitch. I would love to see that. Well, uh, maybe I'll show you sometime. And yeah. I'll link you to it. I'll link it to I you in you the Freaky Geeks po- podcast group. You want to why? Because I don't fear anything. I've I fear so many things enough. now. <laughs> I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a screenshot. And, um, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. I, I can't even look at it. Oh, Are you texting it to me or putting it through Discord? I'm going to text it to you. Okay, I'm, let's see. I, I feel sick to my stomach. I feel sick to my absolute stomach. Oh, oh. my God. God, I'm waiting. I, like, looking at it triggers me. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. Sending it to you. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh Lord. Are you in a brown crop top <laughs> crowd surfing? What is that? Exactly. What is that? What is that? That's what we should blur. all be asking yourself. How, what what is, I don't see what the problem is. Maybe because it's just a really shitty screenshot. Yeah, it is. That's, oh my god. I just, I'm like horrified. The worst one I haven't sent to you. The worst one, I need you to promise me you're never going to show this to anyone ever. On my, promise on you our, right now. On our fucking lives, on our friendship, on everything. What if I... Okay, I don't know, man. That's a lot. Because it might be <laughs> you, funny, and I might want to promise- send it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, need promise- I remind you what my picture is that comes up on your phone whenever I text you? Because you send me the fucking... You have the worst photo of me ever saved Oh, I'm just going to zoom in on your little tum-tum, and I'm going to make that your picture. Whenever you... <laughs> ah, man, your pants are real low-cut. Yeah, they are. Dude, they actually were. Those are low-rise jeans. Yeah, I can see what you had for breakfast. Yeah, well, to be, f- to be fair, this was when I was at my skinniest. Yeah. If you um, can tell. Speaking of skinniest, yeah. I... Went to the doctor to let them know how bad my jaw has been fucked up. Uh, what did they lost, say? Go fuck yourself? Well, yes. I've lost 15 pounds in about three weeks. Oh my god, that is weeks. not healthy. And I told him that. Uh, and then he diagnosed me with a whole bunch of bullshit. 
And then he was like, if you want treatment, it's $3,000. I went, oh, okay. Well, I have insurance. And he said, uh, insurance doesn't cover it. Treatment for what? What is he going to do? Witchcraft on you? Yeah, basically, he's going to do, he's going to get me a new spike guard, a new splint, because my jaw's, like, fucking dislocated on the one side. But it's not just regular dislocated. The disc is ruptured, so there's no joint for the jaw to sit in. So a hope and a prayer on the other side of my face is what's holding it all together right now. But that side's now getting fucked up. And he's like, yeah, it's like you have a Charlie horse in your face 24-7. And I said, can you fix it? And he said, look over the payment plan. And then I left. (laughs) I love medical care in the United States, truly. You know, as we celebrate this 4th of July, let us all remember, you know, the true meaning of being an American and being free is not free at all. Sure. And, you know, speaking is... um, excruciating but i do it i do it for the i do it for the drip i don't know how kids talk it i'll do i do it for the yeet you know stop while you're ahead all right i yep okay anyway speaking Speaking of of old out of touch (laughs) yes speaking of things that make us that make noelle specifically want to kill herself it's true it's me i'm the guy Mm -hmm. um let's talk about the conjuring universe Let's fucking do that, because what is more topical and to the day than a couple of pedophiles? Yeah, well, before we get into that. Okay. I I'm did a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. You, all right, Noel, you're on page four. <laughs> we need to be on page one. Okay. Um, so I recently did, like, a semi-backwards rewatching of the, like, I started with The Devil Made Me Do It, because that's the newest one that came out, and went oh. backwards. Um. Which, it's a famous retelling about the infamous case of Arnie Johnson. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the movie loosely retells the story of the first court case in the United States where the defense was innocent by reasons of demonic possession. And obviously the Warrens were involved. We love that so much. I just, every day, the judicial system in this country proves to me that it's a giant fucking joke. Whether it's Britney's conservatorship being once again denied, Bill Cosby being freed, or someone getting away with horrific crimes by saying a demon made them do it. I'm like, America is a pair of clown shoes floating in the middle of an ocean. Yeah, it's the ocean of trash. Um, so, just real quick, I know you're really into rating movies, so I kind of wanted to take my stab at it. Uh, So chronologically, here's how the Conjuring universe breaks down. This isn't how the movies were released. This is just them, where they fit into history. So technically, The Nun is first. It takes place in 1952, talks about a haunted monastery in Romania. Chelsea film rating, solid. Eh. I didn't find it scary. I found her scary looking. Um, I will say... um, the best part of The Nun is the PR tour that they did for the movie where um, I'm assuming this person is some sort of like comedic personality on online. They dressed up as The Nun and in character gave an interview, which I would classify as a bit of a sexy interview. Um, bit bit of a sexy interview between... Um, Oh my god, what's his name? Um, Patrick, is it... Uh, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, yeah. 
with mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson. And um, they are like playing a little cat and mouse back and forth. And it is very funny. That is the best thing that's come out of The Nun. I've um, never seen it. Darn it. You should look it up on YouTube. It is so fucking funny. I I loved it. So it's I truly, because, um, what's his name? Patrick Wilson is so slept on as an actor. No, he is. Absolutely. Like, I agree. He, he truly is so slept on. And he's a funny guy all around, and he knows that he's hot, and it's it's. Perfect. Talk about a side profile. I know it. What I will say um, is my review of the nun. None of it made any fucking sense. You're welcome. You can keep that review. Keep it for it. yourself. Put it in your I pocket. Like um, I like it. The next one, Annabelle, you know, I will say one more thing about The Nun. The second time I watched it, I kind of picked up on it a little bit more. That doesn't make a good movie because the first time I saw it, it was at the movie theater. So I was paying attention. Um, shouldn't have lost me. But um, I will say one thing, and this is my feedback for The Conjuring Universe in general. Um, loud noises and screaming and creaking doors uh, is not horror. I hate to break it to you. I hate to be the the bad news bear, but that isn't horror. And that is my biggest bone to pick with kind of what I call uh, like a teen romance horror, the type of movies that come out so that you can like take your 13 year old date, you know, and like you're, you can hold hands in theater like that, you know, your, your children see a movie. That's like, that's not horror to me. Um, and I don't mean to be a gatekeeper of horror, but here I am holding the keys. Um, that isn't it. You cannot base an entire fucking movie off of creaking fucking door noises. Um, so anyway, that's my full review of The Nun. So anyway, you said Annabelle? Yeah, Annabelle Creation takes place in 1955. Talks about the family tragedy that led to the OG Annabelle doll being possessed. Chelsea film rating had a mild concern. There were parts. A mild. Yeah. yeah. Like w- there's a little girl in it. At one point she has to use like one of those chair lifts that go real slow up the stairs. Like in um, Superstar. And this was good horror because as she's going up the stairs, she's looking down the stairs, but the camera pans to the dark hallway behind her. And just the anticipation of thinking something's going to pop the fuck out. The uh, anticipation. Um, Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. That that's a level of horror that I appreciate is this Mm -hmm. like building. I call it horror edging. um, Yes. When everything builds. And what I love is what they do in Annabelle creation, which is they'll build and build and then right when you think it's about to pop nothing happens yes and i think that is some of the most finger licking good horror and uh, what i've mm-hmm. coined for edging they do that in annabelle creation i think that's wonderful i do have beef with any sort of haunted doll story even if it's the origin story of how the doll got haunted um i don't care uh not my thing 
I think if you're going to do a haunted doll story, you have to lean into it and be kind of campy because you're it's a haunted fucking doll. If it's you know what I'm saying, like there's yeah. nothing scary about that to me. Um, but well, and even like in the stuff where they do show Annabelle being a haunted doll, they don't mean for it to be campy, but it's stupid. Um, like it will show the doll like turn its head, like like okay, Chucky, yeah. like. Doesn't it takes me out of it? Uh, if I was a little kid, I might be scared, more scared. But as an adult, all I see is just like a puppet. Like, doesn't do it for me. But that's why I gave it a mild concern because of the parts that were scary. I was like, okay. Well, because this this one came out in 2017, whereas the original Annabelle, not original, but you know, from this Mm -hmm. universe, came out in 2014, and it felt like this was. Um, like a money grab, um, a weak story just to pinch a few extra dollars. Uh, we didn't sure. need an origin story of the fucking haunted doll, and we sure as shit didn't need um, this movie about a, tr- a tragic little girl's death. Yes. Well, the death with a wink. Um, yeah. Yeah, it it was a it was a rubric that I've seen before, so I I knew what to expect. But the parts that were good, I was like, oh okay, I like that. Um, couldn't really take the whole film seriously though. But Aunt Zelda from the new Sabrina is in it, so that's fun. Yeah, love that. Um, so Annabelle, just the OG, takes place in 1968. Tells the story of a zaddy doctor who gets his pregnant wife a shitty doll, and it ruins our lives. Uh, Chelsea film writing. Long sigh. I would agree with a long sigh. Um, Again, like I said, about dolls. Um, I... uh, It's like just jump scares and a creepy doll. A door slamming shut. A neighbor says hello. Like, I... I just... What what's the point? What's the plot? What's the deal? I do think that this is one of the better films out of the series, but again, I we're comparing cat shit to dog it, shit. It was the poor man's Rosemary's baby. Like you get pregnant lady whose husband is like, I support you, but meanwhile chaos is happening all around her, um, because of this weird evil presence. Yeah. I it would was agree fine. to that. Yeah. Um, The Conjuring, which is the namesake of the universe, takes place in 1971, where the Warrens go to an Amityville-like horror situation, except it's the mom who's nuts. Chelsea film writing, the clap, is the real villain. (laughs) You know, because they play that clap (laughs) game. They play that clap game. That did scare me when the mom's, like, downstairs, and she's, like, in the basement, and she's locked in there, and she hears something down in the stairs, and so she, like has like the shittiest, smallest little match in existence. And she's like, what's about to run up these stairs at me? And then suddenly there's a right behind her. It got me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Lost it at the end. Yeah. I, I, again, it's just a summer blockbuster for teenagers. It's, if here's one thing I will say about these, these are what I call also, um, cotton candy movies they look good and they're fun and the moment you put them in your mouth they completely dissolve and leave nothing because they had no substance to begin with they're also like christian propaganda with like a horror twist on it because it's always 
a huge push to represent the Warrens as like agents, like the the bad boys of the Catholic Church, of which they were they are not. Um, I mean, I think if anything, they're the most Catholic Church representatives of them all, lying about demon possession and fucking children. You're not wrong. Um, lying about demon possession. I don't want to let that go because it's so cool to think about it. But uh, yeah, the the other stuff. The little. So yeah, again, yeah, the diddling again. The clap is the real villain. Mm-hmm. After the Conjuring, it's Annabelle comes home. Takes place sometime Which, after. Yeah, this one was stupid. Um. Yeah, this one was the stupidest. I think this came out in 2019, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's another money grab movie. Um, I takes, this is worse. Worse. Yeah, it takes place after garbage. 1971 and 1979. This is the one where the Warrens leave their kid with a babysitter, and then the babysitter's friend accidentally lets Annabelle out, and then the whole house just goes fucking ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not very good. Um, no. Chelsea film rating. Browsed Reddit the whole time. I, you know, that's a fair rating. I completely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, really dumb. At the end, there's, like, literally no consequence for anything that they did because nothing happens. And then the Warrens come home and they're like, we know what you did because mom's psychic. And then the mom is like, your dad loves you. And then the film ends. And you're like, okay. <sighs> yeah. Not very yeah. good. Um, next, The Curse of La Lorna. Which takes place mm-hmm. in 1977. The internet tells me this is about a vengeful Mexican spirit. Chelsea film rating. Did not know this was part of the Conjuring universe. <laughs> Did not watch yeah. it on my rewatch. You know what? I I found that out recently that it was. Um, I will say that looking at it now, the font of the poster definitely gives it away. But again, when all of these movies come out and look like, you know, they're what's left on at 9 p.m. on October 31st and at a red box, and you're like, fuck, I guess we'll just watch that hot garbage. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to discern. But, yeah, this is, this one, I will say, I will say, there is something about Mexican Catholics that they just really know how to do it to you. They really, because I think, uh, specifically Mexican Catholics, like not yeah. Spanish. I'm talking Mexico. Yeah. Mexican Catholics. I they might hate that I say this, but peace and love. The Venn diagram of Catholicism and a little bit of like what I would call maybe voodoo. Santeria. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a circle. Uh like Mexican Catholics are the ones who will put pennies in bags of plastic bags of water and hang them from the trees for good luck and tell you to take your shoes off if you're menstruating before you get into the house um and with that comes the beauty of culture and the spice of truly terrifying like urban legends that are wrapped into religion which is this scary swampy bitch who screams for you in the water and likes to drag kids to hell or what the fuck ever. And she is terrifying. She is terrifying and people claim to see her and hear her all the time. Um, She's hanging out in by creeks and stuff being weird as hell. By the old creek. Yeah. By the old creek. Yes. Um, Looking like the Sumara 
from the ring. You know, a little bit of that. Sumara? Yeah, but, like, she screams a lot. That's what I yeah. know about her. You know, I just um, watched The Ring last night to cleanse my palate. I think that The Ring is a good horror movie. I don't know if that's readable offense or not. Uh, but I watched it last no, night. I like it. it. I liked up. it. It holds up fine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. It's a fun time. But, yeah, okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, give, we'll, that, we'll, we'll give that film the benefit of the doubt. Um, and maybe the fact that... Mm, most people don't realize that it's a part of this universe. That means maybe it was great. And, you know, they were like, oh, it's not that conjuring trash. Yeah. So take it for what it, uh, for what it is. I will probably watch it after this episode takes place so that I can really round out my rewatch. Um, I feel so bad for the two brain cells fighting it out in your head. Yeah. No, they are not even fighting. They're just complacent and sad. So conjuring two. Takes place from 1977 to 1979. This is the one that takes place in London and may or may not have just been jump shots in retrospect. Uh, Chelsea film rating, fun for the whole family. I would show this to my niece and I think she would like it. Yeah, but that also goes to show you how great of a horror movie it is, right? You can show it to children. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, th- I don't think any of the, any of it was scary. I thought it would be scary to show my 10-year-old niece, but not, like, fucked up enough where she's going to need therapy after. Because there's the mm-hmm. crooked man in it, and then there's, like, a creepy old man who died alone. Uh, very just... Mm, I'd watch it with a kiddo to watch them get scared. Sure. And then that, that, would, be, that would be it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it with you if you want to watch it. Which she does. My niece loves horror films, so if she wants to watch this one, uh, sure. Love that. Yeah. And then the final installment, The Devil Made Me Do It, which play- takes place in 1981. I forgot to give this one a film rating. Uh, um, uh, not great, we'll just say. Not great. Yeah. I, was, I get it mixed up with another Nick Cage movie I saw where the guy has to come fix a fence and they have bled together. So that's it's, it may be the fence movie. That's Chelsea's rating. Okay. Great. Thanks so, so much for that wrap up. Thank you. And the Warrens were involved in many more cases, um, even though the Nun and Annabelle seem to be the most popular tie-ins as far as the movie universe goes. Um, I tried to find a quiz about which Warren investigation are you, but I didn't find one, so I think we should make one. Uh, but I do have a quiz for you <laughs> at the end of the episode. because I Can't wait. So, so, let's go into their background just a bit. Um, Ed Warren was born on December 5th, 1926, and died on my birthday, Noel, August 23rd of 2006. Lucky for you. Lucky for you. I know. So that's just the birthday present from the world to myself, and I would say uh, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. Not what I wanted, but I'll take it. It's what I deserve. Lorraine was born on January 31st and died pretty recently, only in April of 2019. Uh, She lived to be a nice old coot. And obviously what we all know from the movies is that Ed was a demonologist, which I think is cool. Self-taught. Yes, self-taught. And Lorraine was a clairvoyant. Cool, but like not as cool as being a demonologist. She thought she saw the future and the present and the past. She she thought she saw things. Uh, The whole kit and caboodle, one might say. Lorraine could could see that, allegedly. So... Ed claims that he first became aware of the supernatural when he was five, stating that the house that he grew up in um, 
had a sudden beam of light appear until it grew and grew and grew into the image of his landlady who had happened to die the previous year. Lorraine had a similar-ish experience with being a medium. Uh, mostly when she retells the story, she's like, oh, I just thought everyone could see what I saw until I realized they didn't. She says that her first realization that she was a clairvoyant was that some of her classmates had planted a bunch of seeds and then she could see the seeds grow into a fully grown tree. <sighs> yeah. One of her, yeah. One of her teachers were like, what are you looking at, Lorraine? And Lorraine was like, oh, I'm looking at the tree. The teacher quipped, oh, are you seeing the future? And it was at that point that Lorraine realized that, yes, she was indeed seeing the future. Yeah, she was seeing the future, or as we would like to call, having an imagination. Well, potato, potato. Yeah, well, because you know. Lorraine was making money off of it, and I lie all the time and have made zero dollars. So, well, I mean, you're just not putting the right spin on it. That's, I mean, I'll wait till we get into the meat and potatoes of these two. But mm -hmm. I truly think um, it was, hold on, I'm sorry if this sounds bad, my ear itched. Um, <laughs> I, I think that they were two fucking con artists who, they, you know, like, if you're a fucking bad person, you can sniff out another bad person. And then they just came together and started smashing genitals and making money about it. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But you're not, sure. you're not wrong about that. And they met super fucking young. So they yeah. pretty much made it their life's work of bumping uglies and making money. Yeah. So the two of them met when they were only 16. But Ed shipped off to World War II before they really where, could get together. Where I wish he would have died. Yeah. And... He was only in the war for four months, but he actually got sent home on, from what I understood, like, a survivor's release in the sense that, like, the ship that he was on sank and a bunch of people died. And then the military was like, oh, okay, you can go home. That was traumatizing. Which is weird because that's how, like, all assets of the, or, like, what all military organizations were at that time, I feel like all you saw was death because it was World War fucking two. Yeah, we're fighting uh, the Ed, fucking Nazis. Grow up, yeah, Ed. Ed rolled the dice. And then, so he was only there for four months. And he came home, and the two of them got married. So when Ed returned from, and then he kind of did a few other military things, um, but when he was done done with that, the couple had a baby, which they would eventually neglect, named Judy. Oh, no shit. You're telling and, me the two ghost hunters neglected a baby? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the two weren't quite sure how to make a living. Ed wanted to be an artist, and they actually hint on that quite a little bit in the movies. It wasn't until I read this that I was like, oh, yeah, they're always showing his paintings and things yeah, like no that. Yeah, no one wants it's to see your list. shitty fucking paintings of a haunted house, you bitch boy. Yeah. And he was like, I'll be a landscape artist, but with a twist, because I'll only paint landscapes that are haunted. God, he's such a fucking douchebag, man. Yeah. Said, honestly, Ed Warren really gives Zach Bagans a run for his money. You know, like everyone looks at him and they're like, you crusty haired paintbrush looking motherfucker with your wallet chain and your thick rim glasses and your baggy pants and your affliction t-shirts. Go fuck yourself, right? And he has crippling asthma. What a nerd. <laughs> Not surprised. Actually, I do know that because sometimes he'll just look at a 
a dusty board and be like, yeah. someone bring me my ventilator. <laughs> I don't want to make fun of that. Because I can relate. When we got new He's... carpeting in my parents' house growing up, I had to go stay with my grandparents for like two weeks because I inhaled one molecule of dust and almost went <laughs> to the hospital. So... Yeah, your, your precious little lungs. But yeah, this, you know, Ed makes Ed makes fucking Zach look like, I don't know, like who's a really macho what? man like that? <laughs> Randy Savage. Like less, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes him look like Randy Savage. Yeah, so... Also, I want to say that I am low-key pissy that Ed could make a living at the time by just making shitty art because that was the America he was born into. Could yeah, you imagine? I'd love to see it. Whew. And Lorraine at the time kind of dismissed it as absurd. She didn't really think that... Okay, here's the thing. She was like, sure, you can make a living off of it, Ed. That's fine. But she didn't really buy into the whole haunted house idea. So Ed, being in like a rational, supportive husband, was like, I don't care what you think, Lorraine. We're going to bounce from haunted house to haunted house all over the country, leave Judy at home, and we'll yeah. start making money. And they did. This is how they got their foot in the door. When, that whenever a haunted house would come up, it became synonymous that Ed and Lorraine Warren's name would be attached and the two eventually founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. God, they're such fucking assholes. Also, I like the idea of them just like, I don't know, going to town halls, hanging out in barbershops and being like, you guys know about that crickety old house on the corner? You yeah. think it's haunted? Like, and, what? And then Lorraine just looks that? like a deer in the headlights and she's like, Mah. she's yeah. like, there's evil in that house. Right. Do you think, do you think, or do you think it was just them, like, knocking door-to-door? Because this was the era of, like, the door-to-door salesmen. They're just knocking on a creepy old dilapidated house. They're like, I saw a ghost! And then that's how they made their money. (laughs) That's probably it. Or they just went to, like, the local library. And then they went up to, like, the ominous-looking librarian. And they're like, tell us about the ghosts. And she's like, we only keep the ghost stories in the forbidden section. And then they sneak in and find all the information they're looking for. Yeah, and they find the Chamber of Secrets. It's a whole thing. Um, I do think that these guys are asshole enough to just go up to someone's door and be like, you guys have a ghost problem. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah. I've seen it. Um, so yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's probably what, yeah, probably what she did. Um, and they didn't actually charge for their services to cleanse these houses and free people from the hauntings that they suffered from. Which has been a long rumor about the couple, so I will give them that. But they did make their money exploiting the stories with their book deals, lectures, and lucrative film consultations, which came rolling in after. Yeah, they wouldn't charge you for coming in and burning sage in your living room, um, but they would make a hefty fucking living off of you having to move multiple times because your house is now like a sightseeing place and your family is now considered haunted and people won't leave you alone yeah you know and then all the while they're rolling in on the book deals don't really have to interact with the general public whatsoever yeah so i um i remember this specifically with the um the amityville house um which mm -hmm. was in new york um 
as many of you may know, actually may not. I for, I don't I I have no fucking idea who our audience is any, anymore. The Amityville horror, quote unquote, is less um and by less I mean not a paranormal murder at all. It was about a piece of shit son um killing his entire family. And that was it. And it was terribly sad the you know the upbringing I d- I don't I don't, mm, I don't, I'm not going to say that he wasn't terrible, but I will say that I've read conspiracies that there was more than one killer. Yeah, that's, yeah, there are conspiracies that there was more than one killer. Yeah, more than meets the eye to the murder, but maybe not. Yeah, but it's just a murder and it might be mafia related, you know, whatever. It's, it's a whole thing. Nothing to do with a fucking demon. I'm telling you right now, unless we want to just call. Caucasian children, teenagers, oh, boys, Ronnie DeFeo, demons. Just, yeah. yeah, I will. I, ca- I feel comfortable doing that. He's a demon, but um, I this might sound crazy, but that house sold many times over, and most recently, I would say, man, when was that? Probably, actually, more than ten years ago. Last time I was perusing on the East Coast, everyone wanted to do a little quick uh ding-dong ditch of the scary old Amityville house. And I'll tell you, the only thing scary is the fact that we all still do that. It's just some old couple in there, and they are just clearly not having it. There's signs everywhere like, leave us the fuck alone. They just, you know, in this economy, you know, in this housing market, in this housing crisis, you know, you can't... You doorbell ditch them. You're the real demon, Noel. Maybe, yeah, maybe Ed could exercise you by just hitting you with his car. I, I, man, he's so lucky he's dead. I would square up with that motherfucker. I don't even <laughs> care how old he would be. <laughs> Probably over 100. No, what? I, yeah. he, I don't know what mouth. He could catch a smoke. He could catch the fucking smoke. He will on a camera and then say it's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then exploit me for the rest of my life. I don't make a penny. Yep. So you got got. Millions. Ed wins again. Much like the Catholic Church. The connections, yep. they never end. Nope. And uh, not it's not just the Amityville horror, but most of their famous cases are really up in the air regarding their credibility. By um, credibility, I mean none. Yeah, well, when it comes to the cases that they have been involved in, they do produce a ton of evidence, which does lead to some credibility that something happened in those situations. It's just when you get the... the pesky scientific method involved that things start to fall apart yeah if you if you put me in a house where a murder occurred and leave me and my fucking demon ass wife in there for three hours i promise you i will come back with evidence also they're like making up their own ways to test for spirits and ghosts like the bitch who just says she sees things that's your source that's yeah. it got it all right yeah. okay yep this seems legit well- and they also have, like, a ton of photographs that they take as pieces of evidence. But I'm going to gatekeep now. Hand me the keys. You show yeah. me an orb photo and tell me that's a ghost, I'm locking you the fuck out. I am yeah. so unimpressed I with agree. the orb photos. I had to unsubscribe from my ghost channel because every single piece of evidence that came through was an orb. That is dust, bitch. You want to know Why? You want to know how I know it's dust? Because I looked how? at that photo and it gave me an asthma attack. That's how I know. <laughs> That's the real it's scientific true. method. Also, 
other scientific method. Give your parents a camera and say, take a picture and watch what comes back. It will yeah. look like paranormal activity. I promise. They don't know what they're doing. They can't hold that camera steady. It's, everyone's blurry. Are those all ghosts? Or is it your shitty prom photo? You know what I mean? Like, why? What, what? It's not that hard. It's not that hard to take a shitty photo and make it look like a fucking ghost. It's just, it's incredible stuff. Truly. Like, I, what I will say is that they did a great fucking job of scheming and conniving yeah. and snake oil selling because we were I'm, all buying. I'm about to say this with pinky out on my wine cup here with truth and love, but <clears throat> it doesn't take talent to double expose a photo, no matter what Instagram filter you want to slap on it and call yourself a photographer. No talent. Yeah. Talking I mean, to here's Lauren, the thing. Here's the thing. I'll tell you all how to double expose a photo right now. You can do it on an app for for free on your phone. Or if you want to do it even the way they did, you shoot an entire roll of film, under or overexpose it, roll that bitch back up, run it back. Do yep. it again. Opposite of what you did, though. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not, it, they, you can make a fucking ghost anywhere. And, like, that's the thing that gets me, too, is, like, there was that whole, you know, spiritual movement in the 20s where everyone was doing seances and people, I mean, even further back, like Abe Lincoln's fucking wife was paying people to make her see her dead husband in photos. They just knew how to alter a picture. People have been doing it forever. Like, yeah. they, they know that they could take advantage of you because you're yeah. spooked out or you want to see some dead people you like. COG Star Wars. Practical effects, man. Truly. But it is. It, and these photos are not the only evidence that they provide. They do have video evidence because they literally record everything that they do. And they'll show people the tapes. Uh, but when it comes to, like, wanting to analyze the tapes or make a copy... Ed says, like, Ed shuts it the fuck down, says he already scientifically analyzed the videos. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, wanted to go into what that entailed, but Ed would always shut it down. Um, yeah. And then, really, eyewitness testimony is another one that they really rely on. They would take what people would see or what people would tell them, and they would write book after book after book after book talking about these hauntings and using that anecdotal testimonial evidence as fact. Yeah, they would literally interview children. They would interview children and be like, tell me about what goes bump in the night. And they'd be like, there's a big monster and it's purple and it's under my bed and sometimes I hear it and it goes by my window. And they're like, yep, keep it going. But then they're just like cherry picking what they want yeah. from that child. They're like, no, it wasn't purple. It was black. And the yeah, and like, it looked like right. a goat. And then the kid's like, yeah. They, come on. Like, it's just, it. it's horrific to me that they got away with it for so long. And arguably still do to this day. Right place, because, right time. Yeah. I mean, yes. I get it. I There's part of me that's like, congrats. You guys did it. You scammed the world. And then there's the other half of me that's like, god damn it. Where the fuck was yeah. I? I would have loved to kick down the doors of that psychic research center and just grab their stupid fucking doll and beat them up with it, you know? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have hurt them because it was just all, like, cotton. 
But you could have done some damage. I think they had like a samurai sword in there. Great, even better. And I don't I don't want to take a huge like I don't want to take a huge crap on the world of paranormal research. I love it. Demonology I think is cool as hell. I don't know enough about psychics to have a real opinion about it. I tend to be bored by the idea. Uh Ooh. you know. Uh just because eh. Mm. I believe a lot of things, but for some reason, I am a real skeptic when it comes to psychics. I'm like, mm. well, because like anyone, I can be a psychic. I can be a yeah. psychic right now. Tomorrow, you're gonna eat. Are you surprised? You know what wow. I mean? Like, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't want to shit on the world of paranormal research either. But there's a clear difference between the paranormal researchers who have a Facebook group of 15 people and meet up every Thursday night at the public library to go investigate a haunted house. They're doing yeah, it for the love of the game. They're doing the it for the honesty. True mm-hmm. heroes. And then you got these motherfuckers who are just going to a creepy house, or even worse, they're just looking through the fucking uh, newspaper every week, There's, the obituary, yeah. to try to find the most recent death and show up there and be like, your guys' house is haunted. Like, that's, come on. Here's what Ed and Lorraine Warren remind me of. Dan fucking Lee. <laughs> oh, their own hype, man. You want to know who is keeping the bread and butter of these paranormal research groups going? The little 15-man people who do it for the love of the game? The Jack Kirby's of the world. No one ever talks about them. They're everywhere. But everyone just wants yeah. to keep their eyes on Stan Lee. So, yeah. No, it's true. It's well, true. Let's, let's talk about... Uh, we, this episode actually isn't really about... The Conjuring universe. It's not about disproving anything they've done, but just talking about the things that they have done. And specifically, we want to focus on a woman named Judith Penny. Yeah. Penny. Penny is a true victim. Penny is a true victim of the Warrens. Debauchery. Let's talk about when Ed first met Penny. He Please. supported his family by driving a bus. Uh, he was a 30-year-old man just doing what he could to make ends meet. And after a yeah, while... He was a, he was a school bus driver. School bus he driver, yeah. yeah. Specifically. Like, he wasn't just driving the public bus. He was driving... Uh-huh. Like, he was working in the city bus with in Monroe, Connecticut. But he was also doing the bus route for Central High School. Um, yeah. In and that's where he met Judith. Nearby. On the school bus to school because Judith was a 15 year old child at the time. You fucking bet she was. Yeah. And Ed, obsessed from the jump, he even told Lorraine that he thought Judith was the love of his life. And they had been married for like 15 years at this point because Ed and Lorraine got married as infants. Yeah. Um, and a woman who's literally the personification, the age of their marriage. And Ed wants to get with her. Um, Yeah. And unfortunately for Judith, Thumbhead Ed really laid on the charm, as only a seasoned predator can do. And eventually he got Lorraine to allow him to move the girl in as his live-in underage lover. Um, Here, let's talk about some things real quick. Let's talk about many things. Mm -hmm. So for those in the know about how Ed Warren is a pedophile, um, there is a big chunk of people who like to defend Lorraine. And to this, I would like to 
proudly say, go fuck yourself. Because there, you know what's worse than a disgusting man? Is the woman who protects him. Yeah. And that is who she is. There was, Penny was obviously like groomed and abused by a 30 year old man and she was 15 and mm-hmm. then his wife played along with it not only well, not, did he play yes. along with did she play along with it she i mean encouraged it she was like yeah move in your child bride move her on into the house have her sleep in the room across from us bring her on in like she obviously wasn't a big fan of um that relationship not because he was a fucking pedophile grooming a child because she was upset because she was convinced that god had brought them together and here he was hitting on a child yeah well and lorraine did help by just telling everybody that judith was their niece um and that they were just taking her in as in in the goodness of her hearts and when people hear this story they, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but they say Lorraine never actually questioned the strange relationship because she didn't know about the sexual uh, nature of it. That's a fucking lie. And, you know, that's a even, fucking lie. Yeah. And even if Lorraine wanted to claim she had no idea what was going on, uh, the police report about this tells a different story. So even in the 1960s, like, pedophilia was still frowned upon. Um, so somebody thank God for them, reported that Judith was living with this grown-ass couple and the police mm-hmm. heard about it and did the rational thing. Throw their ass in jail. And by them, I mean oh. Judith. They threw yeah. Judith in jail. Uh, because she went in for being the other woman, which is, was an arrestable offense. She went to as a juvenile delinquent trying to break up a happy marriage. Um, and what happened is Judith went to this juvenile delinquency. She was allowed to go to school during the day. Ed would pick her ass up from school, drive her to the meetings at the delinquency center, bring her back, her ass back home, where mm-hmm. she continued to live with him and Lorraine. Uh, the only thing <sighs> yeah. that happened was they were mildly inconvenienced. And yep. before we really let everyone off the hook, like everyone, everyone. Um, according to the Hollywood reporter, who's the, or the Holly, yeah, the Hollywood reporter, they're the ones who first really broke the story. They claimed that the executives at Warner Studios were actually presented with legal documents before The Conjuring ever came out with sworn statements made from Judith herself. And we all know that most movies take artistic liberties when it comes with historic portrayals. But we can accept demons scuttling around on ceilings, but we draw the line when they portray a shitty fucking marriage as being a happy and understanding one. They're not couple goals, and how dare they say otherwise. Um, Because part of the appeal of the Warrens on the silver screen is like all this demon shit is happening, and they are in each other's corner. They are fucking fighting. They are the wannabe Spencer and Heidi Pratt. They don't support (laughs) each other. They just say it on paper. Fuck them. Also, shout out Spencer. Thanks for the bracelet. Noelle says it's fake. Um, I think um, it's fake. Um, for, okay. I, I just got whiplash. But yeah. um, 
I mean, even the spoiler alert, kind of not really to the most recent movie, The Devil Made Me Do It, is that the power of love saved them all. And the power of love, the power of their marriage. Um, yeah. But we, like, so Judith Penny, the child, the fucking child, um, she came out and has made all of these, like, sworn testimony statements and documents mm-hmm. about what happened to her that she was, you know, groomed by this man, this yeah. adult grown man, and their relationship was sexual. Um, she mm-hmm. lived in the home until he gave her her own apartment. Um, there, and uh, it's just like uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to say this. Like, I'm not surprised that a movie studio wanted to keep that bit out. Just wanted to sweep re- that under the rug. Yeah, wanted to, you know, pretend that didn't happen. But it's, what I think makes me sick is that not only did the studio do that, but they also chose to portray this couple as, like, you know, this beacon of a healthy, happy, Catholic marriage saved by the power of love in Christ. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, and making it a summertime blockbuster for teenagers to go see with the, while they hold hands um, increased the the state of the Warrens. Like it, it, I think multi billion dollar movie uh, franchise now. Yeah, and and what what happens here? Of a, a victim, her you know has been fighting this her entire life it's just once again i just i don't i don't how do we live in a world where that's okay do you know what i'm saying like, um this yeah. this didn't just happen and was like thrown under the rug we're like that's a really shitty thing you know the 70s whatever no like this this woman is still to this day trying to fight mm-hmm. for any sort of justice and it's not and, even like money it's just i don't think you should portray them as a happy couple because they weren't um, that's yeah. like her real truth is just is a slap in the face to see them so perfect. And Judith knows that they're not. And the testimony that was given to Warner Brothers is pretty horrific. The things that they put her through. Oh, you mean her forced abortion when yeah. she was a child? Yeah. So let's let's read that one. Um, quote Please. from Judith herself is that Ed and Lorraine forced her to have an abortion after she was pregnant. And quote. To tell everyone that someone had come into my apartment and raped me. And I wouldn't do that. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do, but I had an abortion. The night they picked me up from the hospital after having it, they went out and lectured and left me alone. So they've literally just made it a pit stop, pick her up, and drop her off so that they could run off and collect a check as the happy demon-fighting couple. Oh, but I thought Lorraine didn't know about their sexual relationship. Oh. Must have slipped her mind. Must have had a moment of amnesia. Well, she can see the future, but she can't see that her husband's sleeping with a child. Yeah, she can't see cinnamon toast crunch either. Bish. (laughs) Well, okay, so this is the part where I feel like it's important to distinguish that Lorraine was probably also a victim of Ed's, but nowhere near the capacity of Judith. Um, Judith herself witnessed Ed beat Lorraine so badly that she would just be knocked unconscious. But then Lorraine would turn around and protect him from getting, like, any word getting out about his pedophilia. So it's like, yeah, you're a victim, but you're not 
I don't know. You're, you're yeah. At a certain point, like when you can. Here's the here's the thing. She, in her own right, is a victim, right, of spousal abuse, of domestic abuse. But when you become a perpetrator yourself of someone else's abuse, that's on you. Yeah, that's it's like you, you lay down you. with the you lay down in the dirt and you get fleas. I don't know what that saying is, but that's really what it was. Because yeah. even after Ed died, Lorraine refused, 100% refused to sign away any movie rights without an absolute guarantee that she could dictate how she and Ed would be portrayed. And this is pretty common in biographical movies, even when they're super loose biographical movies. Like, for example, um, if you were, if they're like, we're going to portray you as your mother as a drug addict because it makes the story sexier. It may not be true. And you could be like, I have a problem with that. My mom really wasn't. And it's kind of a tossing of a coin with the studio. Another thing that they do is like, if you have children, they might change the gender or the age of one. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's more fun to watch you struggle with a teenager than to watch you struggle with, like, feeding your baby. Um, yeah. Those are the, normally the types of things that biographical movies touch on. Someone will be like, hey, my mom was really cool. I just want to make sure she's portrayed correctly. And the studio will either say yes or no. Lorraine, however, put her foot down real fucking hard on the following quote. The films couldn't show her or her husband engaging in crimes, including sex with minors, child pornography, prostitution, or sexual assault. Neither the husband nor wife could be depicted as participating in an extramarital sexual relationship. Now, does that sound like Lorraine didn't know what the fuck was going on? You know what? Again, she must have been too busy seeing into the future. Must have been a lapse. Uh, what a coincidence, right? Aren't they all about coincidences? Yeah. This must have been one. Because but see, yeah. Speaking of seeing into the future, uh, Lorraine's lawyer was copied in on the original stuff that was sent to Warner Brothers, so she knew it had been on the table, and she was trying to fucking stop it before it ever, ever even got discussed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, like it's interesting. Because whereas Ed is this, like, snake, slimy, scamming pedophile, um, Lorraine was more of the, I would, like, the Catholic schoolgirl, for, like, lack of a better term. She was all about being portrayed in that good religious light, right? Like, mm-hmm. they couldn't get a divorce, so she had to put up with her husband being a pedophile. Um, their marriage was in shambles, obviously, because he was a pedophile and also beat the living shit out of her. Um, but that, you know, that didn't fit her fucking narrative. Like, they wanted to be the poster children for a happy church-sanctioned marriage that saves the people from the, right. you know, the demons with the, with the grace of God. That's what's so weird about this all is because Lorraine insisting on this weird clause was what kind of started the entire rumor mill about Ed's sordid affairs. And it wasn't until after the first Conjuring movie came out that there was a huge outcry against how their marriage was portrayed. And before anyone accuses the Conjuring of falling victim to typical internet hate, it was actually the fucking producer of the movie Tony DeRosa Grund, who spoke up first. 
He was not only frustrated that they changed the true story of the Warrens, he went a step further, claiming that the movie was a complete undermining of his professional reputation. And for fucking it up so badly, he has been literally fighting Warner Brothers since it came out with litigation ever since. That makes me, you know, like, isn't that, what is what is his version of the movie look like, right? Like, that's, that's what I want to know. Like, that's the true story. That's real horror, right? Yeah. It's like, you're portraying this horrific marriage of an abusive fucking pedophile as they pretend to be you know, holier than thou, saving the world from demons while simultaneously scamming everybody. Like, I would love to have seen that version of the movie mm. instead. Devil behind closed doors. Yeah, and so we get this fucking bullshit. Yeah, this. And um, as far as confirming these stories, it is a little bit of he said, she said, when, it, when we talk about what Judith has said and what the Warrens' daughter, Judy, has said. So, yeah. Ed was getting with a girl who had the same name as his daughter. Super creepy. So just for clarification's sake, let's just call her Baby Warren instead of mm-hmm. Judy because it weirds me out. Um, I mean, to, to his credit, he forgot that he even had a daughter. So You're not wrong. Um, he was too busy fucking <laughs> children to raise one. Sure. And Baby Warren says she saw zero evidence of what Judith alleges, claiming that her parents were really barely home. And what they did was they saw a teenager who was really down and out, and they were basically throwing her a bone and saying, oh, just house it for us. It was more of like uh, an act of charity that they descri- that they bundled up as a job because she wasn't just going to live there for free. Um, and Baby Warren believes that as soon as her parents' names became attached to the multi-billion dollar movie franchise... Greedy people moved in on Judith and during her twilight years uh, manipulated her into believing some things that never actually happened. Um, But producer DeRosa Grun cries foul here as well because he was like, the Warrens didn't even have their own kid living with them during this time. They shipped her up to Lorraine's fucking mom and the only kid living at their house. Yeah, and the only kid ever living at the house with the Warrens was Judith. And she was being abused by Ed the whole time. So, of course, yeah. Baby Warren never fucking saw anything. She didn't live with the Warrens, ever. Yeah. And you know what? You know, like, sucks for her I that I'm super bummed that your parents were pieces of shit in every single sense of the word. Um, that they didn't want anything to do with you whatsoever. Um, but it, it reminds me of when, you know, people talk about, like, Ted Bundy was such a nice guy, you know? Jeffrey Dahmer was a funny guy in the apartment complex. He always, you know, barbecued for us. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I bet they were super nice. I bet he was such a nice fucking guy. I bet your parents were Joke's saying, on you. You ate Dahmer barbecue? That's not something to brag about. I could buy the meat myself and watch it and never let it leave my eye. But if Jeffrey Dahmer barbecued that meat, I still wouldn't fucking tell anyone about it. I'd be like, I have no comprendo. You don't brag about that. That that is a tainted barbecue. Yeah, you you die with that secret. But it's just like, why? Why am I? Why are we listening to um, the child they threw away? I'm, you know what I mean. With peace and love to you. Sorry that happened. But like, what the fuck do you know? Um, it sounds like if I'm to infer some things, uh, she's one of the few 
living blood heirs to the massive movie fortune that's coming from these god-awful fucking movies. I wouldn't piss them off either. Fuck them. They dead. I want the money. Why not? Right? You'd think like, hey, baby girl, what a redemption story you can have. You can be like, hey, I'm rich as shit now because of these fucking movies. Fuck my parents. They weren't even parents to me. They are pieces of shit. He was a pedophile. She was a fucking cunt. Fuck them all. It was all fake. Fuck you. You know? But, you know, baby Warren, she got to sleep at night and maybe the pillow is just the lies she tells herself. It seems like it. And, um, DeRosa Grud really seemed, like, the thing that really pissed him off the most was just that they portrayed what the Warrens had as a happy marriage. Because what it sounds like is he is trying really hard to make things right for Judith and hoping that the information he helps bring to light would not only take the spotlight off the marriage in the movies, but he wants to also help pres- like keep from pissing off Judith by giving her a slap in the face of just saying, no, the Warrens were perfect and you don't even exist here. Uh, but spoiler alert, this wasn't just some one-year-long affair. Judith and Ed maintained their relationship for 40 fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And another it's not thing is great. like no, and he um also believes that the reason why Warner Brothers is just kind of like palms up, like no idea what's going on, is because they have precious, precious Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga just they don't want to piss them off. So I mean you sign on to this movie, you know, and they all of a sudden they're like, now you gotta be a pedophile. Fuck no. I mean, I get that, but also there's like a version of reality where you do this movie and then you find this out and then you turn around and go, hey, this is fucked up and I'm going to speak out on it. I just, you know, it's like if if a horrific trauma and abuse happens to you your whole entire life, that's really like, think about that. Like, she... Her whole entire life was based around abuse that happened to her when she was a child. It followed her for 40 years and then towards the end of her life even again. She, for like, it's a tough thing to say, but like she didn't truly get to live her life for herself. She lived it in the hands of her captors, you know? A hundred percent, yeah. And... Whether she could turn around and fully say, you know, like, they were bad people, he was a bad person, what he did to me was bad, like, you know, she has come out and detailed the abuse um, and the age she was and all this stuff, but there's there's something about that as us, the viewers, the watchers, the listeners, humanity, who go, okay, now let's stop, like, let's stop. For our own sake, to prove that we are better than the worst of us, stop portraying these people as good, holy, righteous, funny, charming. Like, no. Like, let's stop it. We can let it get away with one movie. You know, we it comes out. These people make their money. The studios are happy. And then we say, okay, hey. Guess what? Found out this guy's a fucking human trash bag. Let's let's not. And 
But that's I, not know? what happens here. Because, no, because they're making money off of it. Yeah, it's Hollywood fucking greed. Instead, they give you shit fucking sandwich after shit fucking sandwich in these horrible fucking movies and well, refuse to acknowledge that yeah and i didn't they're painting a smiley face on a pedophile yeah and then even this whole thing about ed it's like you have to go looking for the articles about ed being a pedophile before you find them um it's really not one of those things where it's like uh yeah it's it's not common it's, knowledge. No, it's an it open door, be. but the it's an unlocked door, but it ain't open. Let's say it that way. It's just like there are so many other stories and horror writers and directors and producers out there making original and based in actual reality material. Like why? Why? It's just this is easy and this is lazy. You know, and this is like, this is why Hollywood will always be cloaked in this disgusting veil of abuse because today they could turn around and try to right some wrongs, but they refuse to. They would rather give you a shitty fucking movie (laughs) like that they make three fucking dollars off of than admit that there was something wrong. It's just like, I don't. I don't know. I don't give a motherfuck about the Conjuring universe. I could give a shit less. They will never get a single one of my fucking dollars. Never have, never will, and I'm proud to say that. Every time I've seen one of their movies, it's illegally. Sue me. Warner Brothers, you fucking pussy-ass bitches. And I recommend everyone to not watch them. Um, Don't support it. Talk shit about the Warrens. Talk about how he's a fucking pedophile. Please. Anytime anyone brings up Annabelle, oh, that fake haunted doll that the pedophile owned? Yeah. Yeah. That one. Let's That's talk a good about one. it like that. Let me end with this really just chef's kiss uh, quote about them. And this is from uh, a ca- outside counsel from this entire litigation process. Um, an attorney named Sanford Dow. Good fucking attorney name. Quote. Mr. Warren has been accused of being cut from the exact same cloth as convicted Penn State football child molester Jerry Sandusky. Oh, I lost my page. But, 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 child molester Jerry Sandusky and the accused sexual predator Bill Cosby. Mrs. Warren, Mm -hmm. in both condoning and covering up these heinous acts, is as complicit as her husband. Yes. That is a lawyer from the litigations. Now, Noelle, for a palate cleanser. Do you want to find out what kind of ghost you'll be when you die? (laughs) Yeah, I would actually love that. I would actually love that. I, you know, I, I truly think, and I mean this with my entire chest, um, the Warrens are the worst for so many reasons, the worst examples of what, you know, paranormal investigation is and are and was. Yeah. They are, at the very least, scam artists taking advantage of people um, and then also ruining people's lives and livelihood, giving them nothing and only benefiting from those people's prolonged fucking torture. And at their worst, uh, they're a pedophile, an abuser, and a piece of fucking shit. Like, I, I just, there's nothing 
there's nothing good or redeeming about them. Let's um, put it this way. You would rather be locked in a closet with Annabelle than with Ed Warren. Ed Warren. A thousand percent. Blank. Every time. Every time. Okay. So uh, let's let's get it to it. Please. All right. Tell me what so I'm going to just saying. take it simultaneously with you. So first, pick a horror film. And here are the options. The Shining. Please. The Exorcist. Harry. The Evil Dead. Suspiria. Or Rosemary's Baby. The Exorcist, a thousand percent, always. Okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Carrie. Interesting. Yeah. How would you describe yourself? A people person, a family guy, a drama queen, a pain in the neck, somebody who lives on the edge, or a loner? This is tough for me. <laughs> um, I haven't decided if I'm a pain or if I'm a loner. Yeah. Let's say um, I'm a pain. I'll say gotcha. pain. I'm going to say, I have to make sure I'm keeping these separate. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that I'm someone who lives on the edge of bankruptcy at all times. Uh, That's a fair read. Yeah. So pick a, a relatively new horror film. Uh, Hereditary, The Babadook, It Follows, The Conjuring, ironic, Suspiria, The Remake, or The Vavitch. The Vavitch. Okay. This one's hard for me. You know, I really like the Babadook. You know, I like the Babadook because um, of the Netflix oopsie where it accidentally got sorted into LGBTQ plus films. So um, accidentally nice. becoming a gay icon. So I do yeah. agree with you there. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, now, what would you enjoy most about being a ghost? Being invisible? Observing people's lives? Knowing that there's life after death? Haunting my enemies? Stirring up drama or all the eavesdropping? Um, haunting my enemies uh, all day, yeah. every day. I would just want to observe people's lives. Like, what's the Pope up to today? And not a gross okay, way. Well, yeah, that's you're never going to be good. Promise you nothing yeah. good. Promise you um, never. I think that's a bad choice, but, you know, do well, you? Also, pick a place to haunt after you die. A cemetery, a hospital, a mansion, an amusement park, a winding road, or an abandoned factory? An amusement park? Absolutely. Is that even a question? Absolutely. I would love to um, haunt an amusement park. Do I get I'm to go on a ride? Yeah, absolutely. It's whatever you want it to be. I picked a mansion because I want to live a life of luxury even when I'm dead. That's fair. Um, and finally, what do you think it'll be like when you die? I'll be surrounded by the people I love. I'm not sure, but I think I'll die from an illness. It'll be very sad. Everyone will be upset. Quietly. It'll be for a cause I believe in or violently. I think I'm going to die violently. You know, me too. That was the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. So, always, Noel, yeah. Here we go. You are an evil ghost. Uh, we could tell. We always Some know. might say you've waited your entire life for this. The chance to wreak havoc, exact revenge on your enemies, and generally scare the bejeebies out of everyone. You've got a lot it's of bones I chose, to pick. It's because I chose theme park to haunt. I get Probably. it. This is a good read. Yeah. You can't wait to have ghostly powers and actually use them. I got a ghost protector. You'll be the kind Very of ghost. Brand. Yeah. You'll be the kind of ghost who devotes your afterlife to taking care of the lives and souls of your loved ones and working Sounds for your good. There's nothing noble than that. Uh, I am. Uh, Even in your death, you're getting exploited for your labor. Yeah. I'm a Patronus. That's what I am. Your picture 
is you remember the part in uh god what fucking is it even maybe it's the conjuring where they look up and that weird creepy ghost lady is sitting above the the wardrobe let me send you a screenshot mm -hmm. it's that which is a little concerning to look at um i don't particularly like it that's you wait okay good. that's you oh yeah yeah it looks like the basement witch um, which I do love. I do feel like that is my vibe. I do feel like I am a basement witch. Um, so yeah, you know what? That's the most accurate quiz I've ever taken. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I guess I'll see you soon on the 4th. And we're not going to light a single firework. No. We might I have sparklers. But might have a spike. I sparklers. I might have a spike. <laughs> I'd have a spike lit. Um, please don't light a firework. I don't care where the fuck you are. I don't care how patriotic you think you are. Don't light a firework. What light it in your ass. Just sit on it and spin if you're gonna do it and think about it. Um, the and entire world's on fire and we have no fucking water. Knock it off. Uh, the dogs don't like it. The veterans don't like it. I don't like it. So knock it the fuck off. Yeah, puffin. Stupid. Distraught all day. My asthma's too bad to breathe in the shitty, any shittier quality of air. If your patriotism and love for this country relies on burning something and watching it go boom bang in the sky, you're a fucking idiot and you're weak. Um, knock it off. You would have lost We'd us the war. Yeah, absolutely. Smooth brain, you know? <laughs> Old dent head. It's straight up bent head. You know, people didn't storm the beaches of Normandy so you can listen to Born in the USA while watching a firework blast off pretty colors in the sky. You, you, I don't, asshole. That's what you are. You're just a fucking asshole. You're a fucking asshole. Really think about it. Really, truly think about it. While you fucking shotgun a Bud Light and beat your wife, you think about it. And then you look in a mirror, and you know who you'll see? Ed Warren. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, Ed Warren's a pedophile. Uh, watch anything other than the Conjuring movies. I promise there's better shit out there. Um, if you want to watch one of my favorite horror, horror sci-fi movies, it's called Tammy and the T-Rex. It's god-awful. Um, but there are I'm no terrible. pedophiles. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, Hail Satan. Uh, in he'll, these moments, he'll Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy and the T-Rex is great. Um, this In moments like this, I wish that heaven and hell were real because I would know that Ed Warren is rotting in hell where he belongs, but I know that that's not true, so it is up to us to make sure his legacy is tarnished. Uh, hail Satan. Saying it again. Hail Tanya and the T-Rex times two.